0: ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including soft gels, liquid, and enteric-coated options in a variety of potencies. Vital Nutrients even offers a high-performance and nutrient-dense vegan omega-supplement option. Vital Nutrients' line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions are held to the most rigorous quality standards in the industry, ensuring maximum freshness, purity, and potency. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, call 888-328-9992. That's 888-328-9992. Or go to VitalNutrients.co. That's VitalNutrients.co. For the Vital Nutrients line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and our guest is uh, Neil Edward Levin, who is Senior Nutrition Education Manager for Protocol for Life Balance and an expert on supplements. Uh, Neil, just compliments to you because uh, your knowledge is is so vast, and you're just kind of a point-and-shoot expert. You know, I can pick a system, you know, whether it's uh, the heart, the brain, uh, the uh, liver, and you can stand and deliver for hours on end. So you're always a font of knowledge, and I always learn something talking to you, and I hope our audience uh, also benefits from your expertise. So um, we're discussing respiratory health, And so we cover the basics in part one, Uh, but, you know, let's talk about uh, some of the uh, perhaps less well-known immune support uh, products that people could be accessing for respiratory health.
1: Well, one of the ones that uh, has been very, very popular and actually in short supply during the pandemic is NAC, which stands for N-acetylcysteine. And cysteine is an amino acid. It's an amino acid we can make in our bodies from other amino acids. But, uh, you know, it's something that if you take orally, you can increase the amount. Cysteine is, has free radical scavenging ability. It's an antioxidant in the body, in other words. And it's a stable form of the amino acid cysteine, L-cysteine. So cysteine is used, uh, for, for many things, but its main function is to increase the level of glutathione and glutathione enzymes that are produced in the body. And glutathione is the main circulating antioxidant compound in our bodies. So when we're talking about free radical fighting, uh, antioxidant function, uh, that's most of the game in terms of what's happening in our bodies. And It's not well-known, but viruses actually target which cells to attack and invade because viruses are little uh, packets of genetic material, like little parasites, that inject themselves into cells and then take over those cells and grow and place the genetics of the cells with their own. So they need a victim. They need a host. And how do they pick the host? The same way that predators in the wild pick their prey is to pick the weak, to pick the ones that are not able to resist as well. And how do they do that? And there's a lot of evidence showing that the key factor in how viruses select their victims, their cells that they attack, is oxidative stress, a lack of antioxidants. So when you're taking vitamin C, NAC, N-acetylcysteine, uh, all these other antioxidants, grapeseed extract, alpha-lipoic acid, there, there's a bunch of them, uh, then the, the cells are stronger. They're better able to resist these viruses from clamping on and drilling in and getting into the cells. So the activity, the aggressiveness of the virus increases with oxidative stress. So that's one reason why NAC and vitamin C and these other antioxidants were very popular during the pandemic. Uh, in addition to its role producing glutathione in the body, NAC is also well known to support respiratory health because it makes the mucus in the lungs more fluid. It's, uh, so, it, the mucus is working better. It's not getting as thick. It's, it's not, uh, holding on to things as much. It, it's, it's able to bring them out of the body and be a better barrier when NAC is there. NAC also helps detoxify substances in the liver. So any kind of toxins that are produced during these battles by either our side or the enemy side, are detoxified by NAC as well and glutathione.
0: And and here's the additional problem is that uh, when people uh, are sick, uh, they take Tylenol or Tylenol containing medications. And there are a lot of cold remedies that have a lot of different ingredients, but usually they have Tylenol uh, or acetaminophen. And acetaminophen is known to deplete glutathione. So, you know, you're kind of yeah, you may relieve symptoms, you know, aches and pains, knock yourself out a little bit. But uh, the problem is, is you may be depleting your important line of defense. And so uh, occasionally, if I'm sick and, you know, high fever or something, I might, you know, take a couple of Tylenols. I definitely want some NAC on hand because I know that I'm depleting my glutathione.
1: Yeah, and with, uh, you know, something targeting the lungs and people worried about their lung health, and AC becomes an obvious adjunct to taking vitamin C and, and the other immune-type products that you know, people know about.
0: In fact, before I knew about oral N-acetylcysteine as a supplement over-the-counter during my medical training, uh, we used to administer uh, a something called MucoMist to patients who had uh, tenacious mucus. And, for example, patients with uh, cystic fibrosis often suffer from really tenacious mucus in their lungs. And they would do an inhalation Uh, with uh, mucomist, which is, in fact, uh, aerosolized uh, N-acetylcysteine. So it really does have mucolytic properties. Uh, Recently, though, there's been kind of a a threat uh, to our supply of NAC. Uh, Amazon dropped it. There was some some talk about it being uh, banned for over-the-counter sale. Uh, You're a little bit involved in the politics of uh, the supplement field, uh what's is it endangered isn't an endangered species or what
1: it was there was a big battle over that and the fda finally agreed to leave it alone for now uh the problem was in the early 1960s a uh, I believe it was a, a nasal drug was developed yeah. or it was proposed.
0: Yeah, it, it's a prescription medication. It's on formulary in hospitals for, right. you know, in cases of Tylenol overdose, it's used, and in cases of tenacious lung mucus. So they said, it's a drug. You can't use it as a supplement.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the, the law that uh, established dietary supplement regulations in the United States in 1994 also had a provision that uh, – substances that were first approved to investigate as a new drug could not be sold as a dietary supplement if it was approved for drug investigation first. And that means forever. There's no, I mean, if if you had a drug company and you said, I want to investigate this nutrient and it hadn't been sold as a supplement, they would own the rights for that forever, even if they never came out with the drug. You could never come out with a supplement under that logic.
0: Talk about and a monopoly. Other you know.
1: parts of the law grandfathered in things that were sold previously. But the FDA was saying that that provision did not apply to the investigative new drug applications, that that was forever and it didn't matter when it was done, et cetera. And because there's really almost no uh, safety issue with NAC, uh, I mean, that's really the logic by which The FDA regulates drugs and dietary supplements for safety. Since there were no real safety concerns, they agreed to let companies sell it, even though they disagreed whether it was a legal dietary ingredient because of that previous investigative new drug application. Okay, so protocol... Frankly, frankly, there are supplements that are also drugs. There's fish oil that's sold by prescription and... Counter. niacin is another one, so you know vitamin D can be sold by prescription in high strength so there are, there is a rationale to have both and not to restrict it as a supplement when it's a normal part of the body
0: indeed and and especially when you know that's it's a self empowerment uh, kind of thing you know we it's more easy to obtain you don't have to get it via a doctor's prescription especially if it's safe. Uh, And available and besides you know the prescription stuff it may be covered by insurance But if you bought it retail, it would be far far more expensive Um, Okay, so when it comes to NAC uh, protocol offers a couple of versions of NAC. It's a standalone Is it also part of some of the formulas that you know the combo formulas?
1: Yeah, we have NAC by itself in a thousand milligram tablets And it's recommended to take between one and three a day on that. Uh, We also make a 600 milligram in a capsule, but we've added a couple of minerals, selenium and molybdenum, which are both required in the body as cofactors to convert NAC into glutathione. So we've added them. and If you you actually look at the capsule, you'll see these little dark spots in there, these speckles. Those are the minerals that are in there. So we've added the minerals to make it work better in terms of producing glutathione in the body and doing what NAC is capable of doing better.
0: Good stuff. Uh, next is on our list is uh, quercetin, uh which has is interesting because. It plays a role in immunity. It also plays a role in combating uh, allergies. So, a couple of aspects of respiratory health. You don't want to get an infection, but at the same time, a lot of problems that plague people uh, in their nasal passages and in their lungs uh, are allergic in nature, right?
1: Yes, and uh, you know it's a it, basically quercetin is a flavonoid. It is the highest so- sources known are red onions and red apples. What about and capers? I've heard, capers, I've heard capers
0: are a big source of quercetin for those who who like their capers. Yeah,
1: they're in some berries and, and broccoli, but onions and uh, like red onions. If if you dry it, it's about five percent quercetin. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's one of the highest sources. Right. And you know, you've heard that eating an onion is good if you have a cold or something. Mm-hmm. And you know that apple a day thing. Right. it's partially related to the quercetin content.
0: Amazing. So uh, quercetin also uh, has been found in some research, to, uh, and it is being recommended by organizations like Americans, America's Frontline Doctors uh, as part of a packet of nutrients that can be used uh, for COVID, right?
1: Yes, uh, quercetin has a role in lung tissue, keeping it healthy. It has a role in the immune response in the body, including histamine and uh, inflammatory substances that are used actually as weapons by the immune system. They're, it's, uh, they're also used, uh, these destructive uh, oxidative things are, are made, or are inflammatory things. They're, they're almost like hand grenades and demolition tools for the immune system and the repair system of the body. They're kept in control by free radical fighters and antioxidants, including things like
0: quercetin. Is quercetin a a standalone supplement at uh, protocol for life balance uh, or is it part of combo formulas or both?
1: We typically sell it in combination with bromelain. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because bromelain is an enzyme from pineapple and It also has a role in supporting immune system. It uh, helps, they both help with lung tissue and uh, the normalization of lung tissue and the response to immune challenges, uh, keeping things fluid and flowing and getting rid of of debris that doesn't belong there and proteins that don't belong there uh, and helping with, again, that histamine response uh, is helped to being managed by quercetin, which uh, histidine is one of the things that causes uh, rashes and uh, uh, inflammation and things like that. It, it's a normal function of the immune system, but you don't want it to be overdone. So keeping it in check and within normal bounds is what these nutrients do.
0: And that introduces another category of respiratory nutrients, which are the enzymes. So you mentioned bromelain. Uh, there's also uh, serapeptase, uh which is an interesting one. Uh, tell us about that.
1: Yeah, serapeptase, it has been used for circulation, for example, because it's an enzyme that digests protein. And so it can work in the digestive tract, But it also helps break down fluids and unwanted and damaged tissue, uh, inhibiting release of things that are pain-related mediators, uh, things that will immobilize or inflame areas in response to a perceived damage. Uh, Sometimes the body overreacts to these things and substances like uh, seropeptase will help control that. Uh, The other thing it works on is uh The fibrin, which is the thing that holds clots together. So it helps keep the circulation moving through the body by preventing uh clots from forming uh unnaturally the way that uh, they can under certain circumstances. So keeping the blood flowing correctly, but it also works on the mucus and the other fluids in the body, keeping them flowing normally too and preventing the fibrin that will... Uh, connect things and make clotting you know it's not gonna break it down where you you can't clot you know you're gonna bleed to death if you get a cut or something you know that that's not how strong it works it's not a drug but it is going to influence where you're not going to get uh, sluggish type circulation and it'll keep things moving properly
0: I've heard it said that in conditions like sinusitis or bronchitis that uh, the circulation is impaired. There's just so much junk uh, that accumulates, uh, cellular debris and protein complexes, that it's hard for blood flow uh, to reach these areas to bring healing nutrients uh, and uh, immune fighting cells, like you know white blood cell defenders, to those areas. And that in those kind of conditions, you may want to use a, a proteolytic enzyme like serapeptase or bromelain.
1: Right, because it, it will loosen the mucus and keep it flowing. I mean, it's, when, when I got uh, COVID, for example, I got very watery mucus for, for a long weekend. Mm-hmm. And some of that went into my lungs. And if, if it wasn't fluid and, and I couldn't cough it out over a period of weeks, uh, I used expectorants too. But if it got thick in there, that wouldn't be healthy. Mm -hmm. The ability to be loose and to move things out and to get rid of these things is a normal function of the body, and a healthy body can do that.
0: There's some other plant-derived ingredients that you use in uh, Protocol for Life formulas for respiratory health. What are those?
1: Well, we've, we've got a formula called Allerol, and that includes the quercetin, the bromelain, vitamin C, zinc, uh, we've combined a bunch of things in one combination. That's actually one of the products I used when I had a lot of uh, mucus in my, in my lungs and I was trying to get rid of it. It's got nettle leaf extract. Uh, it's got a little bit of licorice root extract. But it's got vitamin C. It's got some magnesium. It's got zinc. It's got pantothenic acid, vitamin B5, which is in greatest concentration in the body in the adrenal gland to help our bodies deal with stresses
0: so, so and it also so has I, a role I, I, in almost, it's, cholesterol. almost like, it's almost like the the notion of it it, it it it's not a steroid but it actually helps the body uh make uh the types of defensive substances that uh prednisone or something might mimic i mean it's obviously not on that level. But that's the rationale for using a little bit of licorice along with the pandathenic acid. I kind of see where you're coming from in, in developing a formula that uh, supports adrenal function because, you know, the, the treatment for, you know, severe sinusitis or asthma or, you know, bad allergies is sometimes, you know, take uh, a Medrol dose pack or take, you know, prednisone. I mean, you don't want to be doing that casually you know, unless you have a serious problem. So maybe... You know, using a little natural support for your adrenals can can help fend off the need for more powerful drugs.
1: Yeah, and licorice root extract, a couple hundred milligrams here, less you know, a fraction of a capsule is not enough to raise blood pressure or have any of the uncomfortable side effects if you started doing 10 grams a day or something mm-hmm. of licorice root. You know, you're not in any uh, realistic area of problem there. At, at that dose, it's an adaptogen, that helps the body adapt to stress and supports the adrenal gland, which of course is called on to do more in times of stress, whether it's fighting immunity or whether it's emotional stress or physical stress. Uh, Adrenal gland is a key part of our response to that.
0: One of the the natural antimicrobials that I like to use. Uh, in lieu of antibiotics, if, unless it's absolutely necessary, is, uh, olive leaf extract. And some of your formulas, uh, include olive leaf extract. What's the deal?
1: Yeah, olive leaf extract also has a role in lung health and, and in heart health. Uh, I actually used to take olive leaf a thousand milligram a day for my heart until I switched to some other things that I thought might work a little better for my particular situation. But, uh, But we've got a formula called a biotic immune Mm -hmm. plus and we've got the olive leaf extract in there in a soft gel But we've included oil of oregano
0: Another antimicrobial Yeah, all antimicrobials. Yeah
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, an immune enhancer, which is a, a Prebiotic fiber from larch is in there and we've added vitamin C vitamin D and zinc in the formula as well so it, it's you know people will take zinc lozenges or things if they think there's a cold coming on or some immune challenge. In this, in the same way, we've given these vitamin C, D, and zinc together, which are all used for immunity, and balance that with the oil of oregano, garlic, olive leaf, and uh, the larch extract in an, an enteric coated soft gel. So. If you were to bite it open, it would taste like a strong Italian meal. You'd taste the mm-hmm. garlic and the oregano, basically.
0: The the uh, larch extract. The, the larch extract is kind of intriguing. I've I've heard of it being used uh, for respiratory problems and for immune support. Uh, arabinogalactin is the the scientific name for that larch extract, and it appears that. Uh, if you took an extract of rabinoglactin and dropped it on a bacteria, it wouldn't be antimicrobial. Like, oregano could, could retard the growth. But it seems to work, if I'm not mistaken, via the, the gut as a, as a prebiotic. Am I, am I on the right track there?
1: Yes, it is a prebiotic. It increases the activity of immune cells and has been shown to activate immune pathways. And, you know, a lot of that is by its effect on the probiotics in our gut, especially the large intestine ones like bifidobacteria.
0: Mm-hmm. So the, the condition of your gut actually has a big impact on your immune resilience. And, you know, that comes especially from a healthy diet, but also through the use of certain probiotics, prebiotics, uh, they can actually have an impact on immunity.
1: Yeah, because uh, within the last 20 years, they figured out what the appendix is for. And they actually, uh these uh evolutionary biologists looked at the development of the appendix or similar pouches or folds in over 150 mammals and said it has independently evolved in animals dozens of times. And it's a, a lymph-rich fold in the intestine where probiotics are cultured and wh- and where immune cells are trained. It's like a boot camp for immune cells hmm. in there. And the reason why when you get an infection in the appendix, it's so dangerous is the same reason why the appendix is so good at culturing probiotics. It's supposed to be our reboot system where that's holding these immune cells and probiotics in case we got dysentery or, or some infection in our uh, digestive tract, that would actually reboot the system with healthy probiotics and healthy immune cells. And if you have the appendix out because you were taking antibiotics as a kid, you never got your probiotics, you started culturing the wrong things in there, then it basically turned on
0: you. Gee, I was always thinking that uh, the appendix was there to help uh, surgeons maintain their lease payments on their Range Rovers, but I guess I was wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's it, this is the the misnomer is that it was a, thought to be a vestigial organ, you know, like, you know, some people are born with, you know, a, a few centimeters of tail, you know, like like a throwback right. kind of thing, like it's, you know, evolutionary there's no need. So, you know, let's just snip it out. And in fact, sometimes they were offering, um, women a bonus. You know, when they got a hysterectomy, they, you know, afterwards, the, you know, woman would come out of anesthesia and they'd say, Hey, guess what? You know, we took out your, uh, you know, your ovaries and your uterus. And as a bonus, we just snipped out your appendix. You know, no extra charge. It's, you know, you didn't need that. <laughs> so. Yep. don't
1: need it unless you're trying to grow good probiotics and have a strong immune system i mean you don't need a spleen either but it serves a role
0: absolutely you can survive without a spleen but it certainly plays a role in supporting immunity okay so have we missed anything i mean we've mostly covered i think the ingredients that uh, are present in uh you know a, a suite of nutrients that support respiratory health uh let's run that down again and by the way you know you can Find these nutrients at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance Uh, for more information and to order. Um, So the different products, you've got NAC as a standalone. Of course, vitamin D is a standalone. You've got vitamin D as a standalone and as a part of many formulas. You've got Allerol, right? And that is more, not so much for infectious problems, but, you know, in allergy season, people who suffer from allergic problems. Uh, You've got the serapeptase, which is a standalone, right? That's correct. And you've got quercetin, which is either incorporated in some formulas or, uh, you know, if you want to take it for... A multitude of reasons, uh, but especially for immunity and resilience. I think a lot of people these days like quercetin. There was a there wasn't there a run on quercetin during the pandemic. It was it was kind of hard to source for a while, wasn't
1: it? There was, and there's a very similar related uh, flavonoid called rutin. Yeah, which works basically the same way. Okay, I really like both of them.
0: Oh, so. In, if you can't lay your hands on quercetin, you could get some benefit from rutin. Um, I thought rutin was more about uh, reducing swelling, you know, beneficial for uh, people who suffer from circulatory problems in their lower extremities, that kind of thing. Uh, uh,
1: well, that- querc- quercetin is actually made by splitting rutin into two pieces.
0: Oh, okay. So much for my uh, biochemistry. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's useful to know. Um so in in effect if you take rutin it will it will provide you with the metabolite quercetin. Um right. And then specifically for uh immune uh resilience and for protection against infection or, or perhaps for you may want to increase your intake you have Abiotic Immune Plus. Is that something you can use chronically, or is it you just kind of keep it in your medicine cabinet? Because uh, I've got a sample, and, uh, you know, I, I threw it into my into my uh, travel bag for my trip to Death Valley. Fortunately, I didn't have to resort to it, but I kind of use it as a, as a backup plan. But is it something you use on a regular basis, or you know, what's to do?
1: You can use it on a regular basis. I mean— You know, there's 100 milligrams of vitamin C, there's 1,000 IU of vitamin D, and there's 7.5 milligrams of zinc. So there's nothing where you're going to go nuts in terms of dosing by taking one or two capsules a day. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, uh, even with a multi, it should be safe to combine them. Uh, You know, for me personally, I would tend to take this more when I'm worried about an immune challenge rather than everything. Well, I'm taking vitamin C 1000 twice a day plus what's in my multi. I'm I'm taking uh, zinc in my multi and my diet. I get a 5000 D plus what's in my multi. So, you know, I'm not so worried about getting all these on a day to day basis, but if I'm you know, somewhere, you know, I'm traveling, like you said, or some situation where I'm worried about immunity, uh, want to protect myself, you know, this would be a good formula to have.
0: Indeed. Because it's got a, a, a bunch of ingredients together in one convenient package. Uh, what's your take on echinacea? We haven't discussed echinacea. Is is Are there concerns about taking echinacea chronically? You know, some controversy about, you know, can it amp up your immunity too much? Or do you just use it uh, when you're sick?
1: Well, historically, I, I looked at this and the recommendation to only take it for five to seven days was based on a translation of a German study that they only gave it for five to seven days. Okay. And then they watched the immunity decline after that. So the implication was that if you keep taking it, it would decline. But it was actually if you stop taking it, the immunity that you got from
0: a line. Okay.
1: So it was a misinterpretation of a, of a foreign paper that led to a popular misconception. Now, echinacea by itself, if you just got the whole plant and made tea out of it or something, it's an adaptogen. It will not necessarily increase or decrease immunity. It'll modulate immunity. Mm-hmm. But you can extract specific fractions that will be immune-stimulating. So, you, you, it kind of depends on the echinacea extract you're using, or whether it's a full-spectrum extract or not is another way to look at that. A uh, full-spectrum extract is probably more of an adaptogen, and uh, if you're extracting certain parts of it, you're more likely to have an immune stimulant.
0: Okay. Well, that's a great uh, primer on uh, immune support. And remember, you know, it all starts with uh, lifestyle, uh, but you can augment your resilience by taking certain key nutrients or having some as a backup plan should things go south for you uh, products are available at drhoffman.com slash protocol for life balance and uh, once again uh, you know I always learn a great deal in talking to you uh, Neil so thanks very much for joining us
1: oh, always a pleasure and I hope uh, all your listeners stay safe and healthy and keep up your nutrition and Get some sleep. Reduce your stress.
0: Yeah, indeed, because, you know, we need an all of the above approach, uh, even as the pandemic wanes, uh, because, you know, (laughs) uh, conventional medicine has delivered some benefits, but not a, you know, a complete bulwark or protection against all these pathogens, which will be around in perpetuity, you know, as they have for the entire span of human history. Thanks very much for joining us. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated, professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to dearhoffmanstore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript